0: Um, We've got quite a short reading from Malachi on page 960. So if you can find it in your Bibles, um, great. A prophecy, the word of the Lord to Israel through Malachi. I have loved you, says the Lord, but you ask, How have you loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, declares the Lord. Yet I have loved Jacob, but Esau I have hated, and I have turned his hill country into a wasteland and left his inheritance to the desert jackals. Esau may say, though we have been crushed, we will rebuild the ruins. But this is what the Lord Almighty says. They may build, but I will demolish. They will be called the wicked land, a people always under the wrath of God. You will see it with your own eyes and say, great is the Lord, even beyond the borders of Israel. Thank you, Felicity, so much. It's really, really good to see you here. My name is Jeremy, and a huge welcome to you. Uh, whether it's your first time, whether you've been here many times before, it's really brilliant to see you here at Trinity Church Islington. Perhaps, uh, if you've got a Bible handy, you could keep it open at page 960. Page 960. Thanks, Felicity, for reading to us very much indeed. Good. Well, um, we're going to look at that part of the Bible in just a second, but God has promised to hear us when we pray, and it'd be crazy not to, wouldn't it, don't you think? So let's pray as we start. Let's pray. Father God, thank you that as we sang a while ago, there is grace for the daily war with sin and there's power in the finished work of Jesus. And, and so I pray, Father, as we look at, at the Bible together, that we would draw down your grace in our, in our struggles and, and we'd find help at the foot of the cross where Jesus dies. Please can we hear your voice today? Comforting. And challenging us and and we ask all these things in your son's precious name amen uh, what would you do if you were feeling a bit um, tired of life what would you what would you do about that um, this is a picture of John Elliott just on the screen um, he said that when he grew tired of life he decided to sell his sports car he sold his penthouse and his nightclub and he became the camel man he, 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 John Elliot, the camel man and he wandered through the Australian outback with six single humped dromedary camels and Brusky, his dog that's what he decided to do but, but what would you do if you were feeling a bit tired of life? what would you do? Huh? Uh, would you just carry on regardless? Or would you do something dramatic? have you ever thought about that? What would you do? Or, or, or more to the point maybe for this afternoon, what would you do if you are feeling a bit tired of the Christian life? Just feeling a bit weary, you know, of, um, of being a Christian. Perhaps you're thinking, yeah, I've been a Christian for a long time. There was all that excitement at first. I loved it. It was just, it, it was incredible. I just felt so full of God's love. And there were all those university missions and everything seemed to be happening and it was just so real and, and exciting. But now it's just become something I do. You know, I'm just going through the motions. I'm turning up when I'm on a radar. I mean, I'm, I'm still a Christian. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm still a Christian. I don't think I'm going to give up on that. And, but I'm tired. And a lot of the time I'm just doing it because I'm doing it, you know? Well, if that's us, then we're going to find that Malachi really understands us. He really understands us. He gets us. He, he wrote his book in the fifth century BC. That's a long time ago. He has, in fact, he has the final words in the Old Testament. Um, he it's his words that sort of close that part of the Bible Um, uh, but but he really understands what it's like to be bone-tired in your faith if that's how you are today chapter 1 verse 13 have a look at that Um, he's talking to God's people and he says and you say what a burden what a burden in some other versions of the Bible it says what a weariness that's a more literal translation it's so weary I'm just so tired bone-tied in your faith and 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 so Malachi gives us the closing words of the Old Testament and this is the call chapter 3 verse 7 See, just down at the bottom of the page or just over the page this is the call of the book of Malachi really to us and it says return to me these are God's words return to me and I will return to you God is the heart turner that's what we're calling these these series of seven looks at the book of Malachi because the fact is that the people that Malachi were, was living among every day, they come back from exile. You remember God's people uh, were, were saved from Egypt and, and came out in the Exodus, and then they were in the land, but, but everything went wrong. The wheels came off the bus, and they ended up being taken, sort of um, forcibly repatriated, if you like, off to Babylon. Um, and then God brought them back to their land from there. But that was a hundred years ago. Can you imagine that? It's like 1924 for us, 100 years ago. And um, it's been a bit of a letdown, really. They thought it was going to be better than this. And now they're stuck in a rut, and their lives have kind of stalled, and it's not nearly as exciting as they thought it was going to be. And, and it's into that sort of weariness that God speaks the words of, of Malachi. And you notice the first type he talks about his character, um, chapter 3, verse 6, just back on page three, uh, 961, if you've got that, chapter 3, verse 6, talks about his character. And, and we're going to structure the series like that, six um, oracles or sort of announcements, all of which are sort of based around an aspect of God's character. And we're going to find out that, that um, he doesn't change, verse 6, I, the Lord, do not change. And, and he's always loving, he's always sovereign, he's always faithful, he's always just, he's always generous, and he's always compassionate that's who God was and because he never changes that's who he still is that's who he is today if 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 we'd only appreciate that God's character secondly we're going to learn about about how to return to him chapter 3 verse 6 return to me and i will return to you just just coming back to God fundamentally wholeheartedly whole of life response to him and and third and you'll see this over the page again in chapter 4 verses 5 and 6 We're going to learn that that God in, in Malachi's day promised this other prophet who's going to be like Elijah. That's one of those promises that just is left hanging for 400 years and then Matthew picks it up. You'll probably know. We learn about it at Christmas time. But God promises in Malachi he's going to send another prophet like Elijah who's going to transform people's hearts so that they'll be rescued on the last day when God comes in judgment. Let's start at the beginning then. Seems like a good place to start. Malachi. Chapter 1, verse 1, God the heart-turner. And and right from the off, God says something amazing to people with tired hearts. And that's that his love is a covenant. God's love is a covenant. And you'll see that from the way the book begins. Um, Have a look down at that. Malachi 1, verse 1. Notice, first of all, that the name that is used for God. I don't know if you, if you spotted that. Um, verse one, a prophecy, the word of the Lord, Yahweh, is, is, this is God's name, Yahweh. If, if you see Lord written in capital letters, that's, that's God's personal name, it's, it's God's covenant name. It's, it's the name God signs on contracts um, when he makes them, Yahweh, particularly the ones that God makes with his people to be their God, God forever. That's his name that he puts at the bottom of that. He signs Yahweh, that's his personal name. And as you might know, it's a name that, that God uses to introduce himself right at the start of the Bible, um, in, a, in a part of the Bible called Exodus 34, second book of the Bible. And he introduced himself that way to Moses, one of the great heroes of the first few books of the Bible. You'll see the quote on the screen from Exodus 34. Then the Lord, Yahweh, came down in the cloud and stood there with him, that's Moses, And proclaimed his name the Lord and he passed in front of Moses proclaiming the Lord the Lord Yahweh Yahweh the compassionate and gracious God slow to anger abounding in love and faithfulness maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness rebellion and sin that's God's biography that's his character that's who he is that's his name and 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 the way he behaves And and the thing is, you know, fast forward a 1,000 years and God is still using the same name. It's remarkable, isn't it? 1,000-year contract. His name is still there at the bottom, Yahweh. That's who it is who's made a promise to them and he won't forget it. And then verse 1 again. Have a look at um, what God calls his people. So verse 1, a prophecy the word of the Lord to Israel, to, to Israel. I mean, it's worth saying that at this, point in, at, at this point in history, the nation of Israel, where Malachi's writing, hardly exists. I mean, it's not really a state in its own, in, in its own right. Um, it's hardly even a thing. That The nation's ruled over by a Persian governor, and it's been conquered by a Babylonian king, and politically, there's almost nothing left. I mean, it's really a footnote. To, to history. But, but God still calls them Israel, which is a name that sort of comes from this in- nation of, of, of incredible history. They still matter to him just as much as they did then. They're still his chosen covenant people. See, Don't know that much. God's And then the message. Have a look in verse 2. I have loved you covenant love covenant love no asterisks no disclaimers no footnotes no qualifying statements this this sort of um the love that exists in our culture you know the so-called love you know i love you when i love you because that sort of conditional love which is all around us in in london where well, you're loved if you're attractive or if you've got money or if you're useful to someone or if you're successful if you're confident that, that's when people will love you i love you because of those things it's not conditional in that way and and this isn't so-called love sort of pagan worship which surrounds israel um, in the fifth century bc this this is god who says like every other god really of the of the ancient near east it isn't a god who says i'll love you when you give me this when you give me this sacrifice when you keep this rule when you honor this way then i'll love you god god's love is is just stated it's just who he is it's is covenant love see that i've loved you says the lord I don't know maybe maybe you've maybe you suffered trauma uh, I've, I've been reading a bit about people who've been who've suffered trauma who've had some of these sort of wounds in their experience who've been hurt or, or felt defeated it's funny isn't it? all of us are sort of a mixture of sinner and vision um, and we'd sin against others and others sin against us um, in our lives and some of, some of us all have had that sense of worth completely shattered and, and feel isolated and disorientated by that. Some of us have had some awful experiences, I know. And then we find ourselves sort of searching for clarity, something to hold on to, something that we, something we know is true about the world, something we can begin rebuilding our lives with. This is a good place to start. I have loved you, says the Lord. There are probably very few of us who remember um, a guy called Chris Trash, uh, older, um, Christian Bible teacher, written lots of books. Uh, he came to speak at a weekend away, a long time ago. Um, and he suffered very, very deep depression. Um, and he was still um, struggling with depression when he came to see us. And he said that he started rebuilding his life from one verse. He'd written books on, on the gospel, but there was one verse that he was able to hold on to in the depths of depression. And it's John 16, verse 27. The Father Himself has loved you. That's all you could remember from the whole of the Bible. The Father Himself has loved you. That's where we can begin rebirth. Of life, that's, you hold on to. that's where God begins, you see. Maybe you thought it was obvious, but it's not. I have loved you, says the Lord. That's His covenant love. But it doesn't always feel like God loves us. That's the problem, isn't it? I mean, we, we, we know that it's true as a statement. Um, but it doesn't feel like God loves us. And so you can see the comeback in verse 2 from God's people, quick as you like. You ask, how have you loved us? Literally, with what have you loved us? You know, like you might be thinking right now, yeah, I I know that God's love is the right answer, but right now I just can't see it. It just doesn't feel like it. There's no apparent evidence. I mean, if someone asked you... um, this afternoon, how do you know that God loves you? What would you say? I'll just think about it for a couple of seconds. What would you answer? How do you know that God loves you? What would you say? Well, God gives quite a surprising answer in Malachi. Probably not the kind of answer that we were thinking of. Um, it may be that his love is shown in his choice. That's, that's part T. God's love is a choice on his part. Um, Chapter one, verse two of uh, Malachi: Was not Esau Jacob's brother, declares the Lord, yet I have loved Jacob, but Esau I've hated. Wow. And I've turned his hill country into a wasteland and left his inheritance to the desert jackals. Hmm. Uh, Jacob and Esau were twin brothers, um, right at the start of the Old Testament. Jacob means Grasper and Esau means Harry. I mean can you imagine introducing, you know, you go around for a play date and you say, Oh yeah, you've met the twins, um Grasper and Harry, have you? I hope. But the the reason I kind of brings them up is that, that God chose one to be part of the line that was sort of bearing his promise and And the other he didn't and and when it says Esau I've hated that that's not a personal dislike thing it's not God saying I've I've seen him and I really don't like the look of him he's just not one of those people I'm going to get on with it it, it, it's to do with the way that someone relates to God's promises Um, God isn't saying I don't like you but I haven't chosen you now Esau also clearly rejects God's promises but God is saying here that Esau is not the one that he chose and And Malachi is bringing that up because Israel are the descendants of Jacob. Okay, so Jacob has sort of descendants and that ends up as Israel. And then Esau has descendants and they end up as Edom, uh, which is just sort of southeast of the Dead Sea. Um, And God's love is a choice. He chooses to bless Jacob and his descendants. That's 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 what he does. In, in, in sort of the same way. I mean, just put up your hands if you're married here at St Mark's. I um, know there one or two people here who are married. <laughs> look at that. Um, amazing. So, if if you were if you were married here at St Mark's, and you chose you chose your marriage partner, and then the person taking the ceremony would have said, um, uh, "Do you take this person to be your husband or wife, and forsaking all others?" Um, commit yourself only to this one person so um uh i don't know well um maybe tom and joe yeah so um, joe you might say in this scenario tom i have loved but others i've forsaken and that'd be correct wouldn't it because you've chosen tom to be your husband and and, and you could almost say others i've rejected or others i've hated In this scenario, this is the way that is talking, you see. And only this is how extreme God's love is. And I say this, you know, with Valentine's Day coming up. But God's love is extreme because he chose Jacob before his birth. Now, that's more than you can say at Tom, isn't it, Jay? God, God chose Jacob before he was even born. Can you see how extreme that is? He wasn't chosen because of anything good that God saw in him quite the opposite you know none of us deserve anything from god at all but god chose to bless his people simply because of his love extreme love from god see then that's that's the point how do we know that god loves us it sounds strange doesn't it but but we know that god loves us because we're because we're christians if that's who we are that god has chosen us to be part of his people that's an amazing thing. And, and we know that we didn't deserve it, and it was nothing to do with us, but God's choice is that extreme. And the simple fact that we're Christians is, is a demonstration of the love of God in itself. It's amazing. I mean, it's important to say that that's not unfair of God. God we'll can continue and choose to love whoever He wants to love? So imagine that this tenner um, uh, this is this is my salary for you know for March if just now just imagine this tenor is is the love of God okay um, now there's a sense in which I can give this tenor to whoever I want isn't there I mean it's mine to give away and 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 I can decide to to give it to David Uh, David and Listington, that'll buy you, what, one cinnamon bun or something, I should think, yeah. Um, but just because I've decided to give a tenor to David doesn't mean to say I have to give a tenor to everyone. It's my choice. And in the same way, God's chosen to give his love to his people, Israel. It's not unfair, is it, of God to do that? That's within his rights. But it is, I mean, it's kind of unnerving for us in a way, by, by which I mean we can think to ourselves, well, why did God choose me? And the answer is, I don't know. I don't know. Um, it wasn't because I'm a particularly good or a deserving person. It's God's grace. And that's a wonderful thing to know, isn't it? That, um, and it radically humbles us because we, we did nothing to deserve it and we just receive it with empty hands. That's the thing. We say thank you. And, and it radically reassures us because we can't mess it up. If it's a gift from God then it's just given to us. We, you know, I've got a terrible propensity to mess things up, but I'm not going to be able to mess this up because it's God's choice to me. And it radically liberates us because um, you know, we're no longer a slave to our circumstances. It's not the sort of, he loves me, he loves me not, depending on how our lives are going and the circumstances of our lives. We have good days and we have terrible days. But God's love doesn't go up and down like a roller coaster depending on our experience of life. Um, he, he loves us, says God. Ephesians 1 says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. And how are we to respond? Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be. God's love is a choice. But it's a leader's way, it has an intention in in God's mind, and that's to bring us to a place of safety, uh, a a place of rescue. And that's our third and final point from Malachi 1, 1 to 5. God's love is a rescue, it's a rescue. So um, have a look down at verses 4 and 5 in Malachi. Edom may say, though we have been crushed, we will rebuild the ruins but this is what the lord almighty says they may rebuild but i will demolish they will be called the wicked land a people always under the wrath of the lord you'll see it with your own eyes and say great is the lord even beyond the borders of israel now by this story even falling apart it's um Hasn't got much of a, a future, but verse four—it seems like they're getting back in the game. That's the thing. Um, God hasn't chosen them, but they're getting it together. You see, um, at least politically um, and in terms of trade. Um, and 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 in a sense, Israel could look at Edom and ask, "What are the actual benefits of being God's people?" I mean, Edom seem to be doing fine at the moment. Actually, um, there's a great deal of flourishing going on on the southeast border of the Dead Sea. Um, I don't really do the cash benefit of being part of good people. I it's a nice idea. And and in the same way, actually, we can end up. I mean, we just constantly compare ourselves with other people, don't we? That's that. That is one of the one of the hardwired characteristics of being a human being. We just constantly compare ourselves with other people. We look over our shoulder. The, the whole time and some of the time our, our non-Christian friends really have to, really seem to have it together, don't they? They, they re- actually really seem to be having a good time, if we're being really honest. I mean, they seem to have more fun, they're having more sex, they've got more things, they're having better holidays. I mean, we probably could not put it like that, but, I, but we think that, don't we? Um, and we think, if only I was a Christian, or, or maybe we don't quite think that. We think, if only I wasn't a keen, you know, one of these keeny Christians. If I could just dial it down a bit, I mean, I, guess I could keep coming once in a while, you know. Still, in, my, you know, I'd say that's who I am. But um, if I could take it a bit less seriously, then at least my life would be on a par with my non-Christian friends. I, you know, have a bit more of a head start. Verse 4, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Malachi loves that name, by the way. The Lord Almighty, the Lord of armies, he uses it 24 times in 55 verses. Um, this is what the Lord Almighty says. They may build, but I will demolish. <laughs> Strong, isn't that? This is God's future judgment. Um, there's a society for architects, so I'm told, um, who have suffered the humiliation of having their buildings demolished in their own lifetime. Um, Someone admitted on uh, X, formerly known as Twitter, this week that they were just about to join. The fire fire station that they had designed was just about to be demolished, and they were going to join this club. It's called the Rubble Club um, for architects um, whose work has been demolished. And it's humiliating, isn't it? It's humiliating. And Edom are going to be humiliated, that's the point. They're going to join the rubble club on the day of God's judgment. The houses they built will be demolished. And Malachi will warn us over and over again that that day is still to come, the day of God's judgment, and it will be a terrible day. He wants us to know that. There is a day of judgment. He warns us very clearly and everyone outside of God's people will be under his wrath. This is a real day, and it's coming. But because of his love, God will save some. God will save some. We, we kind of think, how? <laughs> how will God save some? And that's really the question of the whole Bible. How, how will God save some people from his own wrath when they haven't even got the capacity to, to turn to him? The answer is put this way in the book of Romans. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I'll read that again. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. I have loved you, says God. God demonstrates that love in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And we're going to think about that in a few minutes' time, actually. As we take the bread and the wine together. We're going to, we're going to remind ourselves, just, just as I finish, we're going to remind ourselves that God's love is a covenant. We'll say that in a minute when we take the Lord's Supper. It's a love covenant in his blood. This is my blood, the new covenant. We're going to, we're going to remember those words together. That commitment to the death that God makes to us because of his love for us. And, and, and God's love in Christ is a choice. It was God's choice to give his son. It, was, it had to be that way. We could never have earned it. And we, and we want it to be that way so that we can never mess it up. God has chosen to love us and he sends his son to be a sacrifice. He dies in our place. And, and, and then God's love in Christ is a rescue, isn't it? it maybe the grass looks greener on the other side. Um, From time to time, but on the last day, God will keep us safe while everything around us is being demolished and everyone else remains under the wrath of the Lord. We need to know what God's love is like. I have loved you, says God. I have loved you. So this week, you know, when we're struggling in a relationship or struggling with our job or struggling with our mental health, and we'll think, where is this God of love? Maybe we'll, maybe we'll pray and think of the covenant, reliable, committed, long-term, personal, Yahweh making his covenant with us. And we'll know that we have a God who is 100% on our side, could not be more committed. And we'll think to ourselves, actually, actually, I've got better than I deserve. I've got better than I deserve. You know? And maybe this week we'll feel like we're missing out on life because we're a Christian. Maybe... When some people here go off to university, you'll feel like you're missing out on life because you're a Christian. Wouldn't be an unusual thing. But we'll think of the last day and we'll pray and we'll think I can be thankful now and I will be safe from God's wrath on judgment day. And I can wait till then. I can be patient and wait till that day. It might be very soon. It might be this week. And so, you know, <laughs> i'm feeling a bit jaded when we don't feel like coming to small group or signing up for the weekend away um, we'll take our bone-tired faith and we'll remind ourselves of the character of god that's really where it stands or falls on the character of god i have loved you says the lord and so we'll pray for the strength to remember how the true and living god has covenanted with us and chosen us and rescued us and god willing from somewhere within us will reply Great is the Lord even beyond the borders of Israel. Shall we pray? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you chose us in you before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in your sight. That you're a, a loving God, and that when we were your enemies, you sent the Lord Jesus Christ. It was your choice. You sent the Lord Jesus Christ to die in our place. And so I pray, Father, that we call out to you. Um, for some of us, it's going to be hard to remember that you love us this week because of things that have happened in our past or things that are going to happen to us in the next few days. And you know, Father, that our experience goes up and down. And so I pray, Father, that that. that covenant love under which we stand as christian people will be enough for us and so i pray that we would know that you're the god who doesn't change and so our hearts will return to you we pray these things in your name amen